This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody, thanks again for tuning in to KOVE 1330 AM, 107.7 FM, Community Connected. You're listening to Today in the 10, Vince Tropea here with your Coffee Time interview, and we're in studio today with Miss Josie McKee, the Member Success Coordinator for Responder Alliance. They're going to be offering a free training course in Lander on March 2nd for first responders and law enforcement. It's going to be covering incident support for traumatic stress, uh, an extremely important subject matter, extremely important things for uh, those in uh, first responders and law enforcement to uh, have training in and, and to know about. And uh, we're excited to learn more about what Responder Alliance does and learn more about Josie herself. Before we get into all of that today, Josie, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn more about your background today and uh, what's going to be going on at the uh, training uh, uh, program and the training uh, online training that you're going to be doing. But if you could kind of give our listeners a background on what Responder Alliance is. So Responder Alliance is an organization that provides training support, um, some resources to folks that are in the first responder field um, to help them understand stress injury, the impact of responding to stressful incidents over the course of a career or, or major traumatic incidents. Um, and we, we really provide a proactive approach to bringing awareness of what the impact of stress is so that folks can recognize it in themselves. And then also providing organizational structure and guidance so that the organizations that these folks are working for can help support them as individuals. Um, and supporting a healthy team dynamic as well. And would you say, too, that that's uh, something that the general public may just not be aware of, uh, the the ongoing stress that goes with being in these heightened situations? Yeah, I think that awareness of this is, it's growing. Um, maybe it's not as aware as we should be about mm-hmm. it. Um, I do think that following COVID and the impact that folks were seeing on healthcare providers across the spectrum and and just individuals in general like i think we were all very stress impacted by the changes in our lives over covid and so that was a a good boost in understanding of what people deal with in stress injury and I, I'd like to hear uh, your background as well. How did you get involved um, uh, in in this field and then how did you later end up getting involved with responder alliance so my background is in search and rescue. I also worked for Knowles for a number of years. Um, and I've been sort of joking that I've been waiting for Responder Alliance to create this job for me. Uh, <laughs> it's great to work with this organization. Um, I started out my kind of career in search and rescue with Yosemite Search and Rescue. Um, and it was sort of prior to awareness around stress injury being where it is right now. It was prior to Responder Alliance. I actually started working with that team Mm -hmm. uh, after I left. What specifically Um, did you do with them? I was a member of the search and rescue team in Yosemite National Park. And we responded to a variety of different incidents throughout the park. Um, A lot of times it was hikers 
rolling their ankles, breaking legs, things like that. Right, but these are remote locations. These are hard for people to just kind of hobble their own way out. Yeah, and then from that to the more extreme end of the spectrum of people being involved with swift water incidents and big wall climbing incidents. So a whole spectrum of skills were involved yeah, in responding yeah but you had that, that first-hand experience of these high stress situations yeah yeah exactly and at that point we were so there's a model that is frequently used in debriefing traumatic stressful incidents um, within the ems industry called the critical incident stress debrief or critical incident stress management and what it was is basically like after we were exposed to something major like a fatality we would sit in a room and talk about like what happens to individuals if they're starting to experience symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Uh uh Um, And so we get this debrief and then that was all we got after the fact. And then, you know, our team would go out and drink together and, you know, manage it in sort of unhealthy ways. Right. And in the moment too, I mean, nine times out of 10, I'm just assuming here, you're going to kind of just say, you mean, you might still be in, uh, uh, I don't want to say shock, but you might not have fully processed everything that's happened during this debrief session. So that might not be enough to address it on a long-term way. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what I'll I'll start kind of talking a little bit about this model of this training, um, just to kind of tie it all together. But um, what this new approach to incident management for traumatic stress is to provide awareness of the things that have potential for traumatic exposure to individuals. Um, and then we, we create this objective measure of seeing, you know, what it is you were exposed to, how likely it is based on those things that you might develop symptoms of long-term stress injury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then doing these periodic check-ins. So we call it the 333 check-in. At, at around three days, three weeks, and three months after, it allows people to process and go through the normal um, mental and physiological process of um, ex- post-exposure to stress yeah. um, and starting to recognize if you're not recovering and kind of coming back to baseline, if, you're, if your nervous system is still heightened over the course of weeks or months. And then if it is, recommending um, clinical support or other kind of healthy choices, um, kind of lifestyle choices to help support individuals that have been exposed. What are some of the uh, long-term effects of, uh, of PTSD if they go unchecked? I think sometimes people hear the term PTSD. They just think that it might be uh, a quick memory that gives them a bad moment for that day. But it, it can affect uh, people's mental health. It can affect them physically. Uh, what happens when it goes unchecked? Yeah, so there's a range of different things that happen to folks. It kind of depends on the person and what they're, they've been exposed to, but um, things like changes in sleep, changes in mood, kind of an experience of like a different worldview where me, for example, walking around Yosemite, and I think it's very similar in a small community like Lander, um, where if you've been exposed repetitively to these bad incidents, like you're seeing the world through that lens of like, this is something bad that happened here and mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, if you're not sleeping as well or you're having repetitive images of these bad things that have happened, it changes your mood. Um, 
your ability to engage with other folks. It can just result in depression, burnout from your career. Unhealthy coping mechanisms then potentially too. I mean, having a, a de-stressing with the drink, like you said, it is totally one thing, but then if it becomes an issue or becomes a dependency exactly. in relation to that down the line, that's another way. Yeah. And there really is a high instance of depression and substance abuse and burnout in folks in, that are in these careers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, circling back then to uh, how did you specifically then get involved with Responder Alliance? Yeah. So um, like I mentioned in Yosemite, uh, the team that I was working with started getting some training from Responder Alliance after I had left and after I was personally dealing with a lot of post-traumatic stress injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, over the years, I've coped with it since then. This was I left that in 2015, so it's okay. been a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I moved to Lander, started working with the Lander Search and Rescue team, and I've kind of followed the Responder Alliance's work a little bit since then. Um, Laura McGladry uh, is the founder of the Responder Alliance. She works with Knowles Wilderness Medicine as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I've encountered her through that community a few times over the years. And um, now Lander Search and Rescue has been going through all of the Responder Alliance trainings. Yeah. Um, Griffin Lawrence is another member of both Responder Alliance and Lander Search and Rescue. So he and I work together um, with a crew of I think there's seven or eight of us on Lander SAR that have been through all of the Responder Alliance trainings and have formed this resilience team to support search and rescue um, post major incidents that we've experienced. Now, if you could tell us a little bit more, you you mentioned the 333 protocol and uh, some of the other things that people are going to be exposed to at uh, the training, which is going to be going on March 2nd from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., and this is going to be in the Frontier Ambulance Training Room at 310 North 1st Street here in Lander. What can folks expect from uh, the in-person training? Yeah, so uh, this training is the Incident Support for Traumatic Stress Training, um, which is the concept behind it is providing a proactive approach to managing the stress following major incidents. Um, so we have these protocols in place. Um, there's a objective measuring tool called the incident support tool that has folks fill out and gauge on either a, a zero, five, or a 10 scale um, to things that they've been exposed to that have been known to result in long-term stress injuries. Um, and these are things that What's what's really interesting when I started learning about this material was that the things that cause traumatic stress injuries are not necessarily being exposed to, like, the gore and blood and things like that. But um, they fall into three major categories of personal connection to something that happened, a sense of overwhelm, or a sense of helplessness mm-hmm. in a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these things that... This objective measure, the incident support tool, just has those things categorized so that folks, when they're in that heightened state of stress following an incident, can just kind of check a box and say, yes, I was exposed to these things. And if they hit a certain point value on this scale, then it triggers the incident commander or whoever's in charge to say, okay, this person has had a high level of exposure to potentially traumatizing events, and therefore we should consider following up with them with this 333 check-in model, consider recommending clinical support, 
that kind of thing so that they're not just left unchecked after the fact. Right. Um, and so examples of some of these potentially traumatizing exposures are things like time spent with family members of someone that was maybe killed in an incident, events that are involving like pets and children, um, a sense of like not being able to provide the care that you might be able to provide. I always have this one incident that pops into my head where it was getting dark and there was bad weather coming in and we were going in to try to rescue someone that was, if they were still alive, they were probably in critical condition. Yeah. Yeah. And I wound up having to, as the team leader on that incident, having to call my team off because it had been storming, there was loose rock, it was a dangerous situation to lead my team into mm -hmm. in the dark. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard decision for me. Yeah. And that left me with many sleepless nights thinking that if this subject had passed away during that time, like if we hadn't been able to find them because I called the team off, and that is why they were lost to us, like that impacted me. So mm -hmm. that's one of those kind of examples of a sense of helplessness that can lead to this. And an example of those kind of tough calls that folks yeah. in search and rescue have to make all the time. That's, yeah. that's not uh, a, a rare occurrence, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The trainings, they are going to be, um, you're asking for folks to uh, RSVP for this. It's, it's free training, but how can they learn more about uh, how to RSVP and what is there like a website or something that they can go to? I see if they create uh, a, a training account to be able to RSVP. Yeah, so you know what? I The, the link is a little bit convoluted. I'm curious how to say this on there. Um, folks can send me a direct email at josie at responderalliance.com. Um, and then I can hook them up with their account information. Okay. Can I talk uh, them through it through, uh, after making contact with you through email? Yeah. Yeah. That okay. seems like probably the easiest way. Um, and, and then additionally, you gave the information about where the training is. Again, the, this in-person training is free to any folks that are identify as first responders or law enforcement feel like they could benefit or others in their organization can benefit because this tool and this understanding is a really good way to create organizational structure mm -hmm. around supporting traumatic incidents. And we do keep on saying in person. Uh, that's another thing for our listeners to know that uh, there is online training access that's going to be, be uh, being offered in March as well. Yeah. And so we're, we're opening up access to a couple of different online courses that Responder Alliance provides. So they're, they're video recorded courses um, that have a handful of different modules and then reflective exercises that go along with them. Okay. Um, so people can go back and revisit the material. Um, or if they're unable to make this in-person training, similar material is presented in that Incident Support for Traumatic Stress online course. There's an additional online course that's a slightly different subject matter, and it's called Stress Injury Awareness for the Individual. Okay. And that is more of an individual self-awareness, understanding of how stress impacts you. Um, it introduces what is known as the stress continuum, um, where you can kind of put yourself on a scale of green to red um in how you're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis which might sound and, silly but that's mega important for folks to kind of have a, a visualization or some type of cue because uh, they may be in that moment not realizing that, that they're heightened you know yeah. they're like oh okay yeah i'm checking a lot of these boxes absolutely and what it's been seen is that folks that are 
more toward the red on the spectrum going into a day at work and responding to an incident are more likely to then um, come to long-term stress injury after that. So if you're if you're feeling managed and in the in the green is what we call it, like toward the green end of the spectrum, you're more resilient right. to stress impact in right. the moment. Um, if you're more toward the red, you're more likely to succumb to long-term injury. Well, and these are just huge steps for providing uh, uh, amazing service just all around. Oh, you know, when you can recognize that when you're going into your work day as a search and rescue uh, uh, person, knowing whether you're in that heightened state or not, that's got to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the organizations that I provide support through the Responder Alliance to have a, I, I work with a number of ski patrols right now. It's during ski patrol season. So yeah. that's, that's a big mass of our clientele. And those folks will each day do a check-in on the stress continuum as part of their morning meeting each day that they come on to patrol. And I think it's a great tool to just bring awareness and bring conversation around how stress can impact us in our day-to-day lives. 100%. And for our listeners, you can learn more about that uh, at the on or the uh, in-person training happening in Lander on March 2nd from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Frontier Ambulance Training Room at 310 North 1st Street here in Lander. Once again, that's going to be Responder Alliance's Wyoming First Responders and Law Enforcement Incident Support for traumatic stress. And this is funded by the Wyoming Department of Health as well. Uh, was there anything else that we didn't go over today that uh, folks might be interested in hearing uh, in terms of the training or anything going on with Responder Alliance or anything else that you wanted to bring up today? Uh, if folks are interested in just learning more about Responder Alliance's work, um, they can visit our website at responderalliance.com. Um, through that is also a link to our online community, which is just a free resource that people can connect to we host online events and um, conversations around this stress resilience concept so people can pop in and check that out the alliance base camp is what it's called if you if you go to the responder alliance website and follow that i like it well, Josie, just thanks again for reaching out and uh, coming in today to talk about this. Uh, you're more than welcome to come back to Coffee Time anytime uh, you guys have uh, news with Responder Alliance or things that are going on with uh, the search and rescue teams that are here in Lander and Fremont County. Big shout out to them as well. Uh, appreciate you coming in and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back more today in the 10 after a quick word from our sponsors. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.